Plans are worthless, but planning is everything. General and President Dwight Eisenhower's wisdom still rings true today. The Mutual Broadcasting System presents STRAT, Strategic Risk Assessment Talk. A forum with a preparedness mindset. Mitigating risks, creating systems of prevention and recovery to deal with potential threats. And understanding the objectives of a business continuity plan. This is the podcast for leaders who are committed to being prepared. Now, here are your hosts, retired Marine Intelligence Officer and globally recognized risk expert, Hal Kempfer, and investment banking executive, Mark Mansfield. Mark, we're going to talk about something a little bit different. It certainly relates to other things we've talked about, the war in Israel, what happened on October 7th with Hamas's just horrific attacks uh, in southern Israel around the Gaza Strip. But what we're looking at is a rising tide of terror. And it's got it's much bigger and has many more facets than a lot of people realize. And we're going to talk about mitigation, prevention strategies, this is something, of course, near and dear to me because you know I've spent so many years. Uh, you know, as, as someone said, I was the most prolific counterterrorist trainer that was out there, and, and that's probably right. I've trained thirty thousand public safety personnel over the many years in very long courses and how to do, you know, prevent terrorism things. So this is something that I think is important. I don't think terrorism ever went away. I think our attention got diverted, and maybe some of the attacks became lessened but i think this is just bringing it back to the fore because now we're seeing more inspired groups and individuals doing things yeah yeah and my, my hat is you know in, in strong recognition of your background this is a completely you know in your wheelhouse so you'll, you'll have a lot to contribute here and one point two things um you know first this is consistent with what we have been saying in earlier podcasts when we were talking not this isn't just about the rise in terror or, or even what happened in the middle east its ongoing theme is about how to secure your economy how to secure and protect your business and your people and this goes this ties to what we talked about in terms of um supply and sourcing uh, uh maritime choke points and strategic manufacturing all the things that are driving again you've heard if you've been listening to us the regionalism and Fortress North America. Second point, you know, we I, I, we believe what happened after after 9-11. I mean, we responded, we were strong, you were, you know, front and center, as you just alluded to. But like in all cases, you know, we did let our guard down. And, you know, and it's just a natural human business dynamic that fatigue sets in. And and, and this is, you could call it 9-11, post 9-11 fatigue, but here we are. So we're gonna, you know, say, get our booster shot after this one and get busy. I want to hand this back to you because you should set the table here in terms of maybe just the two, two two core buckets. You've got how do you narrow terrorism down for our listeners? You've got let's break it down into international and then domestic. And domestic is very important, but I'll, I'll let you uh, set the stage. International, yeah, it's uh, you're talking about international, which is tied to you know nation state stuff sometimes but certainly transnational which is kind of like al-qaeda which is do they belong to do they connect to anything uh certainly isis would be transnational in that they didn't really have although they kind of set up their own nation state there for a while and then of course domestic and domestic is pretty big but you know we see uh a lot of times we point to the far right you know 
uh, anti-government, uh, white supremacist, anti-Semitic, a lot of other things. You know, the the infamous constitutionalists who claim that they follow the Constitution but have a very very strange interpretation. And then you got the far left. You have things like Antifa, you know, what they call themselves anti-fascist, and other far left agendas. And and with that, you're seeing with uh, with with climate change, certainly a lot of environmental extremists. And with threats to various, um, you know, uh, animal species and stuff that animal rights extremists are feeling somewhat emboldened. And then you even get more bizarre stuff where you have, um, you know, uh, you have a pro, uh, this is very strange. It was, a, you know, we've always, we've had abortion terrorism where they would attack abortion centers. Well, you know, it wasn't too long ago, Justice Kavanaugh was threatened by someone who was, you know, essentially... And an an anti or uh, an abortion uh, terrorist. In other words, he was. They were upset about the draft opinion of the Supreme Court. And then you had that thing in Tennessee, where that guy blew up his van, and his thing was he felt that the world was being taken over by reptilian space aliens, which is a little bit unusual. Okay, and 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 we have a call in to uh, Agent Mulder of the X Files to find out exactly what was going on here, but. So there's a lot of extreme agendas going on. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't have numbers on that uh, Tennessee one. Uh, sorry about that in terms of uh, quantifying it, but I can. It's a fun, it, not funny. I mean, just what an alien <laughs> reptilian form would say. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Guilty as charged. Um, hey, this, so where I'm going with that though, it's funny. Not funny at all, but it's relevant. Um, you know, in terms of uh, domestic t- domestic terrorism, and we've got more numbers on this. We'll break it down and and but keep it simple. But to your point, that's timely. You know, four percent of the domestic terrorism incidents um, were were uh, based on uh, anti-abortion. So you know that that's you know that made the grid. Um, and as a matter of fact, uh, here's some here's just, again some context. Between twenty and twenty one, there was a hundred and seventy five percent increase in incidents. And this isn't just a law of small numbers. There are already significant incidents. So we have to, meaning the numbers here for our listeners are one seventy five up to four hundred and fifty. Okay, that's that's um, so. And this goes through the. This is all within the tent that you described, and, we'll, and we're, we're going to break down later. One more point before I hand it back to you. Um, on the Global Terrorism Index, and um, sorry, something we have to share with you, because again, for your business, for your people, this is relevant. Again, our theme, geopolitics drives markets and business. Um, there was between thir- 2013 and 2020, the best numbers that I we could come up with, is there was a 320% increase in far-right terrorist attacks. And, um, you know, that, that's, that's, that's obviously dramatic. And that's where, you know, with the fatigue we referenced earlier, we, it's time for the booster and we've got to revisit because a lot of the means and modes have changed. We'll touch on that as well. But go ahead. What I, what I will say is, you know, there were some uh, anomalies. For example, one of the problems with terrorism is terrorists tend to be rather conservative. They do what works. Terrorists, uh, despite what you may think from 9-11 with the hijacking of airplanes and flying into buildings, most terrorists do things that are tried and true. They shoot something up, all right? That's very easy to do. Domestic terrorists, of course, are very comfortable with using uh, firearms to make their point, shall we say. And because of that, a lot of things I've seen over the recent years, it gets caught into the whole gun debate, you know, and should we restrict firearms, you know, assault weapons, stuff like that. But missing the point that one of the things that we've seen a, 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 an increase in 
is a number of missed prevention opportunities. Things that after, you know, the decade after 9-11 that would have almost surely been stopped or thwarted because people were leaning forward, the level of awareness was much, much, much stronger, if you will, that in the last, in the decade, the second decade after that, and certainly going into today, that a lot of those things, you go back and you look at it and you go, how did we miss that? You know, and I would point, you know, San Jose, and many would say that wasn't a terrorist attack. You know, the, the Valley Transportation Authority insider, right, right. you know, he went, shot the place up, shot his coworkers. However, he got, he was reported in, when he's coming through Customs Board Protection from overseas, he had terrorist materials. That got reported into the system, that you had somebody coming in that was looking at terrorist materials tied to doing stuff. That information never got passed to local law enforcement. And the district attorney in that one says, if we'd known about this, that we probably wouldn't have had this attack happen. And that is so basic to the Homeland Security construct after 9-11, it does make you wonder, how could a breakdown like that occur? And that's just one instance. Yeah, so that's an excellent point. And in, in building on that, and in terms of context, and the point that what we referenced earlier about the 175% increase over the last couple of years, 20, uh, well, one year, 20 or 21, um, there, there are societal drivers that are changing. Now, what's catalytic, of course, is the ability to communicate with technology. But what that's generating now with, you know, in this ever-broadening domestic tent and, and international, but at, at home here in our fortress, North America, is, is there's a real anti-tech concern. I mean, there, there's a right-wing response. I mean, when I say right-wing, an extremist response. Let me correct myself. An extremist response to the fourth industrial revolution, which includes, you know, 5G, any number of things that includes actually um, mRNA vaccines, the thought of passports, um, you know, the conspiracy that that we're actually going to be implanted with mic- human microchips and so forth. And where's where's that leading? Well, to a controlled society. That's the overarching theme that then is segmented to all kinds of different elements. But what's under, the underpinning of it all is um, you know the sense of job insecurity, the sense of control, the wealth gap. Okay, that. Um, technology can possibly create the haves and the have-nots, the educated, non-educated, especially as as manufacturing shifts to more of a robotic, the impact of AI. All of the things that we've talked about uh, in previous podcasts actually play a role in the psyche that drives a lot of this terrorism, you know, at home and abroad. So I'm going to give this back to you and then you know, for our listeners, we can just give them a quick breakdown. I'll do that later of, of you know, what the core areas of are in the domestic terrorism here. And then uh, we'll, 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 we'll wrap up with what you can do. This isn't a discussion to have everyone just give up. It's a discussion to create awareness from there. Then you can stage and take proactive planning and action. By the way, prevention works. You know, I, I've done this for years. I can't tell you the number of times we have. We have worked with groups, worked with agencies and stuff, and they came back and said, you know why we were able to stop that attack from happening? Because our our folks, our officers, our deputies, whoever, knew what to look for. They, they understood what it meant. And even though that wasn't illegal, it was very suspicious. We got it into the system, and action was taken, and we thwarted the attack. And I can think specifically one case uh, with a very large private sector organization sponsored by the FBI, InfraGuard, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. where where we did training, and uh, the father of a student at a high school 
uh, became aware of some some postings by other students and knew exactly what that meant, uh, made the call, uh, and they went in, literally rolled those students up the morning they were planning on doing a horrific, deadly attack. And so in that case, it was one of those things where, you know, obviously I felt somewhat validated that what we're doing was right, but, but that's a system that works. Now, let me just say one thing real quick about October 7th. That was a huge complex attack. We've seen other complex attacks. We saw Paris in 2015. That was tied to an ISIS-inspired group. That was, or an ISIS control group. That was a complex attack around Paris. And you know I've been to a number of those locations that were hit. Yeah. Sri Lanka, 2019. Nobody was even looking at that that uh, jihadist group, if you will, that was in Sri Lanka. They were inspired by the mosque attack in New Zealand. Talk about a global span of, of interest and in what inspires these attacks. You know, of course, we see this horrific attack in Gaza, which is the biggest, most complex attack certainly I've ever seen anywhere. But listen to the protests from the river to the sea. You're starting to hear that same thing. It's inspiring protests and stuff. They're talking about driving all the Israelis into the sea, basically getting eradicating all the Jews in Israel, if you will. Now, that's Hamas, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, ISIS, Al-Qaeda, certainly interested in this. Iran is saying the same thing. Hezbollah has been talking about this forever. But it's not just them. You go to the far right in the U.S., you have these different violent extremist groups that we've talked about, certainly on the far right. One that was in the news because of 6th January, was the uh, uh, the attacks on the Capitol, U.S. Capitol, was uh, Proud Boys. And a lot of people think, okay, Proud Boys, they were supporters, you know, of the far right or something like that. One of the things Proud Boys wear is they wear shirts with an acronym on it. Oh, six, six MWE. And, and I'll tell you, if you walk by in the street, you go, what does that mean? It means six million wasn't enough. Basically, they're saying that the Holocaust not only was justified, but it didn't go far enough. That's the sort of anti-Semitic extremism that looks at what's happening in Gaza and the rhetoric and the information space around that and says, maybe this is our time to take action too. Hey, we don't agree with those guys. We may not even like those guys, but they're saying something we do agree with. Hmm. That's the sort of threat spectrum that we have to be aware of. Yeah. yeah. Well-framed. I mean, sorry to say a sensitive you know, ugly points, but they cannot be ignored. So, um, yeah, th- th- thanks for addressing those. Uh, you know, with the time, okay, we, we, with the time we have left, we're going to b- quickly break down. You know, what is what is domestically? I'll give we'll give you those numbers. We're going to touch briefly on the economic impact because this, I mean, globally and even locally, so that because this is you know, relevant to all of us. And then we're going to say what to do. So we're going to move quickly here, just just so you have a sense of what we've been talking about. And let's stick to our let's stick to our fortress, North America, for now. I mean, we, we mentioned earlier, abortion, 4%. Racial is about 35%, okay? Um, the, the mixed, you know, just a mixed bundle, like your Tennessee fella, he's 23%. 6% animals, okay? That's bigger than obviously. You moved right past the Tennessee guy, <laughs> just like a reptilian space alien would. I just want you to note that, all right? So. As I said, guilty as charged. But, you know, all the second largest bucket here 
is the anti-government, okay? And that goes back to what we just touched on, not gonna repeat it, but all of the, the whether it's the fourth industrial revolution, whether it's you, have, you know embedded with microchips, whatever the case may be, there is, a, a, whether it's racial, religious, to health points. Okay, what does this mean? Post 9-11, we've spent upwards of $10 trillion in terms of, of on a global endeavor to, to battle uh, international terrorism. Our, uh, or the January 6th attack, okay, or, or the confrontation, wherever you are on the political spectrum, let's just say it cost well over $30 million in damages. So these are not insignificant. Now let's drill down lower. This is not insignificant to your business if you are impacted or your supply chain is impacted or you're, you're physically impacted. So what can you do? Okay, and I'm gonna hand this back to you. Or how, okay, go ahead, what's your point? I was gonna point, you point out uh, anti-government. That's sovereign citizens, all right? A lot of times we talk about terrorism and it's a terror attack, it's not designated a terrorist attack. I'll give you an example. You wanna talk about big bucks, talk about the Route 91 concert in Las Vegas in 2017. The settlement on right, that thing, right, yeah, uh, yeah, aside yeah. from the human carnage, uh-huh. the settlement on that thing was close to $900 million. And you can imagine what the legal fees and everything else involved with that accrued. That was just short of a billion dollars that MGM had to absorb that came from that. And so the, the, the costs that incurred by companies on this is absolutely staggering. By the way, he was a sovereign citizen anti-government extremist. They didn't designate a terrorist, but that was his motivation. That was the reason he went in there. Anti-government, anti-corporate beliefs. Uh, yeah, that, 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 that's a great, that's a sad case study, but a perfect, perfect uh, placement. Look, okay, so what we need to do, um, we've only got very little time here left. There are, don't throw your hands up and, and certainly don't put your head in the sand, um, you know, metaphorically. There, there, there is business mitigation to this. You know, one is obviously, you know, use the tools, you know, assess and protect your infrastructure. Go proactively identify potential targets area and then prepare. Evaluate the gaps, okay, what you have, what you don't have in terms of, of responding. You're not going to cover everything. Risk assessment and vulnerability analysis. You're going to need help with that, but that, that, that can be done. And then plan for staging areas. Imagine if, if there is something in terms of whether, you know, your hybrid location, work at home, whatever, or if you're in, in your organization, you know, wh- wh- where do you triage? Uh, where do you stage? Well, wh- you know, you must drill on this. And, you know, not trying to be overly emphatic, but this is a world that we live in. Um, if you need help with this, if you need, uh, I'll, let, I'll let Hal drive that. Uh, but these are specialized considerations. Look, comparative risk assessment starts everything, you know. And by the way, sometimes you're focusing on terror and you're looking at, and you end up looking at floods. But what I will say is this, know what to look for, how to report it. You gotta sensitize your workforce. You gotta know what suspicious activity is. When you put all this together, it works. You can call us. Look, I've only done this a million times all over the country. You know I do this online. I do it in person. But what I will say, it's it's keep it, keep it digestible, keep it interesting. And if your approach on this is check the box, you're going to get a rude wake-up call one of these days because it's not about did you get trained in anti-terrorism. It's whether the training stopped a terrorist attack, and that's what it's about. Yeah, that's what, when, 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 when passing, you have a fiduciary responsibility to your stakeholders, your shareholders, to, to, to be proactive, but you have an ethical responsibility as an organization or business leader to your people. 
So, all right, thanks, Al. That was a great time. Thanks, Mark. Strat, Strategic Risk Assessment Talk with Hal Kempfer and Mark Mansfield. Podcast weekly from the Mutual Broadcasting System.